you just know that the Lord is your shepherd. And it kind of takes away all the anxiety away if you read that over and meditate on it. It's amazing. Uh, I remember years and years and years and years and years ago, it's been years, that I was sitting in the office over here. I think it's David's office now. And Pastor Pete Jansen was in there, and he had the Bible open, and he said, Jesus died for you. He died for you. He rose again on the third day. He went through the gospel. He, he explained to me how I was a sinner. He, he told me what I needed to know. Uh, Mark, do you want to follow the Lord Jesus Christ? No, I don't. And I think I explained this to you before. I'm sure I've said this before, but the reason why I'm telling the story again is because he would not know, Pete would not know, a servant of the Lord who's doing what God has called him to do, he would not know eventually the timing of the, the Lord's timing in my life. He wouldn't know that. But, but as you're a servant and you serve the Lord and you do what God wants you to do, sometimes it could possibly get a little confusing. Like, why are things not happening the way that they should? And he never said that. He, he preached the word to me and eventually in a service when he was here, I accepted the Lord as my Lord and Savior. But I, I, I'm speaking about being a servant of the Lord and sometimes getting frustrated or not seeing the future is because we're going to be learning about servants this morning. We're going to be in 1 Kings. And there's a first section in there. I think it's like to verse 19. It's speaking about servants of the Lord and what they do for God. And yet, it's amazing. It's amazing that they keep walking step after step. Because to be honest with you, it's not an easy thing to do. If I asked you all to raise your hand, who's tired here this morning? I'm assuming every hand would go up. It's just the, the world we're living in right now exhaustion, confusion, and, and yet God is asking us to, Psalm 23, trust in the, well, this is actually Proverbs, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but knowing that he is our shepherd and knowing that he takes care of us. So uh, we're just going to pray this morning and then we're going to dive into 1 Kings 18 and I had planned doing all 40 verses and I had one of those weeks that I'm sure you guys have. I had one of those weeks and I was sharing with the elders this morning I said, every time I try to speak, the sentence comes out backwards. <laughs> I'm having one of those weeks. Um, work was crazy. I don't know if you've had that kind of a thing. Home, actually home was really good, but work was crazy this week. So I don't know if you're in the same boat that I'm in, but as we move into this, just think about how God takes care of us and holds us up and loves us and cares for us, even though when we're serving him, it, it gets difficult sometimes. So let me pray. Lord, uh, thank you for being again with me in my babbling um, thank you, Lord, for just watching over us, being our shepherd. Uh, Lord, just help us to understand that you, you, Lord, love us so much. And this morning we're going to learn about uh, serving you fully. Serving you fully in the fear of the Lord, in the fear of you. Uh, believing that you are alive. And then following your commands. So, Lord, we help you. We, we ask that you help us this morning, Lord. Help us to see you more clearly, and to love you more each and every day, and to share who you are with others. In Jesus' name, amen. So, in your pew Bible, it's page 437. 1 Kings 18. And as you go there, we, we've been studying in 1 Kings, and we learned... Um, in the past in regard to serving the Lord, following him, proclaiming him, 
but we, we did learn about God's provision and judgment and faith and death. So we've, we've been walking with Elijah here. We've been walking with him and seeing what God has been doing, how God hid him by the stream and fed him with ravens, how he had a widow who had nothing take care of him. And then God brought the widow's son back to life. So we saw all of that. Now we get into 18. 18.1, now it happened after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year saying, go, present yourself to Ahab and I will provide rain on the face of the earth. So Elijah went to present himself to Ahab. Now the famine was severe in Samaria. Ahab summoned Obadiah, who was in charge of the household. Now Obadiah feared the Lord greatly. For when Jezebel killed the prophets of the Lord, Obadiah took a hundred prophets and hid them in by fifties in a cave and provided them with bread and water. Then Ahab said to Obadiah, Go through the land to all the springs of the water and to all the rivers of the valleys. Perhaps we will find grass and keep the horses and mules alive and not have to kill some of the cattle. So they divided the land between them to survey it. Ahab went one way by himself and Obadiah went another way by himself. Now Obadiah was on the, on the way, and behold, Elijah met him. And he recognized him and fell on his face and said, Is it you, Elijah, my master? And he said to him, It is I. Go, say to your master, Behold, Elijah is here. But he said, What sin have I committed that you are handing your servant over to Ahab to put, him, to put me to death? As surely as the Lord your God lives, there is no nation or kingdom to which my master has not sent word to search for you. And whenever they say he is not here, he makes the kingdom of nations swear that they could not find you. Yet now you are saying, go to your master. Behold, Elijah is here. And it will come about when I leave, when I leave you that the Spirit of the Lord will carry you to where I do not know, so when I come and inform Ahab, and he cannot find you, he will kill me. Though I, your servant, have feared the Lord from my youth. Has it not been reported to my master what I did when Jezebel killed the prophets of the Lord? That I hid a hundred prophets of the Lord by fifties in a cave and provided them with bread and water? Yet now you are saying, go say to your master, behold, Elijah is here, he will kill me. Then Elijah said, as surely as the Lord of army, armies lives be, before whom I stand, I will certainly present myself to him today. So Obadiah went to meet Ahab and informed him, and then Ahab went to meet Elijah. When Ahab saw Elijah, Ahab said to him, is this you the cause of disaster to Israel? He said, I have not brought disaster to Israel, but you and your father's house have because you have abandoned the commandments of the Lord and you have followed the Baals. So as we see here, this is an amazing passage. And I'll be honest with you, as I studied chapter 18, it was very hard to find a sermon on the first part. It was as if everyone skipped over these verses and went right to Mount Carmel, when the most amazing thing will happen, we'll, we'll talk about this in October, where Elijah is there and th there's a contest between Elijah and the prophets of Baal, and obviously God wins, 
and we'll see what happens then. But it was as if, as I was studying this, they just kind of, a lot of people skipped over it. And I kept going back to it and said, well, maybe I'll skip it. Maybe I'll just skip this section. Maybe I just won't even go into it because it's, it's not the most easiest thing to preach on at all. And yet, the Lord kept bringing it back to me and bringing it back to me. And as we're going to see this section here, we're going to be looking at, um, we serve the Lord fully. We, we need to be serving the Lord fully in our lives. No one will ever do it perfectly. I will never do it perfectly. Um, nobody does it perfectly. But we want to strive to do it fully. And we're going to look at some points here this morning that we fully serve the Lord by fearing the Lord, by the fear of the Lord. You have to have that as a foundation. Secondly, by believing that He is alive. Your God and my God is alive. Look here, in the Bible it's saying that these people, that Ahab, who God put as the king of Israel, is following a dead, a fake God. How can that be? How could it be that he comes to Elijah and says, it's your fault, Elijah? And we'll get into that. And the third point, we want to understand that serving him fully means that we need to follow his commands. That was another point, that Ahab had abandoned the law of the Lord and his commands. So we'll, we'll look at these. You know, Elijah, the servant of the Lord, believes God. He believes him. See, it's unbelievable to me that here's Elijah, it's been three years, and he's probably with the widow and with her son, and he's hidden away. And all of a sudden, the word of the Lord comes to him and says, now I want you to go to Ahab. Every time he speaks to Elijah, it's putting his life in danger. There's no way that Ahab and Jezebel do not want to kill Elijah. He, they want to destroy him, and they want to kill him. And yet God says, now I want you to go to him, because I am going to bring rain on the land. I'm going to end the discipline. I'm going to end what I've been doing. But we have to understand that God is going to end it, but he's not just going to all of a sudden bring rain. Because if he brings rain, all the prophets of Baal could say, well, okay, I guess our God woke up. No, that, that can't happen. It has to be in such a dramatic way that without a shadow of a doubt that God is alive, he is the true and living God, and Baal is a dead God. And that's what has to happen, and that is what is going to happen. That is what is going to happen. But think about waiting. I think about uh, the sermon that was done by Keith Schwamm about all the people in the Bible that had to wait, and they waited, and they waited. It's no different here. They are wait. They waited three and a half years for this to happen. So here we are, just at this point where Elijah is going to go to Ahab. But we have this man Obadiah. It's not the same Obadiah of the, the book's name in the Bible, but here's a man who is serving the Lord. And Elijah says to him, I want you to go. I want you to go to your master. I want you to go to him, and I want you to tell him that I am here. See, our lives must be about letting our world, our home, our church, our work know that God is the living God. And I don't do it perfectly. I sometimes go home, and I'll be honest with you, and I sit on the couch and I go, what kind of a witness am I? What, what, am I? what am I really doing to help people see who God is and that he is alive? Because every one of us here in your sphere of, of life know people who are following false gods. They're not following your God. They're not following the living God. So what are we doing? 
You know, I, I think of Steve Massauer's sermons, too, on work, and it rings so true of how we are at work and what we're doing for the Lord and how we're living in front of other people. You know, Obadiah, his name means servant of the Lord. So here's a man, his very name means servant of the Lord. And Elijah, when he speaks too, he says, before whom I stand, that means before whom I serve. So you have two servants of the Lord. You have Obadiah and you have Elijah, and they're both serving the Lord. You know, I, I was thinking about when the kids were growing up in our house, and Linda's so good about music, and I'm not going to sing it because you'd all leave, but I'll just say, I'll just say it. it. Make me a servant, humble and meek. Lord, let me... Uh, Lord, let me lift up those who are weak, and may the prayer of my heart always be, make me a servant. Make me a servant. Make me a servant today. That simple, tiny, little song is, is, should be our heart cry. Let me lift up people. Let me pray for them. Let me be a servant today. See, the, the, the famine that was there was so severe, but the, the discipline that the Lord had there, it does affect God's servants. But it was really directed at Jezebel and Ahab. It was directed towards them because they were doing the wrong thing. And there's amazing differences here. I hope you go home and you read this section to think about the differences between Elijah and Obadiah and Ahab and Jezebel. Just think about the differences there. And you think about the differences of God's servants. You have Elijah, who's God's mouthpiece. He, comes out, he is the one in front. He is speaking, and you have Obadiah, who is serving the Lord, but he's serving the Lord behind the scenes. He's not only serving the Lord behind the scenes, but he's serving the Lord. He's serving a master who is against God. But this is what Revelation 2.13 says. We can take comfort in this. I know where you live, where Satan has his throne, yet you remain true to my name. You did not renounce your faith in me, not even in the days of Antipas, my faithful witness, who was put to death in your city where Satan lives. And we also see how Obadiah could do that, how he could live in that situation, and how you all can get up in the morning, get dressed, go to work, and live in a world that does not love your God, because if you have the fear of the Lord, if you fear God, and you're in his word, and you're praying to him step by step, I've learned that years and years ago, that if I am simply asking God moment by moment to be with me and help me in the fear of the Lord. So that's our first point, that we serve the Lord fully by the fear of the Lord. Proverbs says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Is that not the, what you're seeing here with Ahab? And Jezebel, do they not despise God's wisdom? They're, they are supposed to be his representatives, and yet they are fools. They despise wisdom and instruction. So, so the fear of the Lord, I'm just going to give you a definition. You don't have to write it down. You may not remember it. But I wanted, as I was studying, I was like, well, what is the fear of the Lord? What exactly does it mean? And this gives us a little glimpse of what it means. To recognize God's character and respond by revering, trusting, worshiping, obeying, and serving Him. That gives you a little bit of a glimpse of what it means to fear the Lord. 
I'm going to read it again. To recognize God's character and respond by revering, trusting, worshiping, obeying, and serving Him. The fear of the Lord. Again, this is how Obadiah was able to save a hundred prophets. He could have been killed, and yet he takes a hundred prophets, puts 50 in a cave with bread and water, and another 50 with bread and water. He could have been killed. And this is another point that, as I was going through this, I thought about it. A love for God and serving Him results in a love for people. I work in retail. It is really hard to love people. It's hard for them to love me. I'm face-to-face with people every day. They come in and they got a problem and I got to try to fix it. But they come in with problems and issues I'll never know. I don't know why they're snapping at me. I don't know why they're cursing at me, but it's not me. I know they have issues and problems. And sometimes I would like to act just like they act. But as a servant of the Lord, we all need to remember we're going to fail sometimes, but to, that having the Lord as our Lord and our Savior and our Master means we, like the Lord loving us, we need to love other people. I'm blown away that God loves me. I know me, and yet God still loves me. And I need to remember that. I have a, a co-worker. He inspires me and in a simple way. And it, it's so simple. He'll say, how are you doing this morning? Can I get you a glass of water? I've been working in retail for 30-something years. I've never asked anyone if they wanted a glass of water before. This guy comes in in 30 seconds. He's like, you want a glass of water? Everybody comes in and goes, where's that nice guy? And they're not talking about me. And I'm the one that's following the Lord. And yet I was looking at this guy and I'm going, how do you do that? But that's what the Bible's saying. Simply put, Do you need a glass of water? Can I help you? And it opens up a world for people to start sharing with you and telling them, telling you what's on their back, what's troubling them. So a love for God and serving Him results in a love for people. And again here, just looking through this passage, we see that God's sovereign will is happening. He sends selfish Ahab to look for animals to make sure they're living. While he doesn't care that they're killing people, and yet he sends Obadiah to his representative, to his spokesman. Do you see how God works that out? That in your life it may not feel like it, but you're on the right path. If you're fearing him, even though you're, you're like, I don't know what's happening right now, he's, he's sending you to the right people, to the right place, at the right time. And here's Obadiah. And yet, what we learned was, does Obadiah feel that way? Soon as Elijah meets him, he says, go to your master and tell him Elijah is here. And then we get into this this whole thing. First, Obadiah falls on his face before Elijah, and and then we see, we see exactly what Elijah is asking him to do. I just want to speak about the differences, though, between, uh, real briefly, just with a verse, about Obadiah and Elijah. And I've, I've already kind of spoke about it a little bit, but they're so different. And yet they both serve the same Lord. And, and in, in 1 Corinthians it says, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it's the same God at work. 
So some people, I've, some of the commentators are like, oh, Obadiah was so wrong, he shouldn't have said he didn't want to go, and you know, he shouldn't have made a big stink about, you know, we'll get into this a little bit, about what he, he, he starts saying to Elijah, well, if I go, I'm going to get killed, and he hesitated. <laughs> you darn right he hesitated. I would hesitate too. To, to go to Ahab and say Elijah is here is definitely his death sentence. And, and that's what he's saying here. And yet he still loves the Lord. Obadiah is a faithful servant, but he's just like us. He's fearful. And we're all fearful. He expresses his fear and disappointment. What sin have I committed that you are handing your servant over to Ahab to put me to death? But he also expresses his faith. If you look at it, it says, as surely as the Lord your God lives. As surely as your God lives. I've been saying it over and over and over again. Our God lives. Jesus Christ is risen. He is praying for us right now. That is our God. His fear is Ahab will kill him. And we said that already. Your servant... He's, then Obadiah says that your servant has feared the, feared the Lord from his youth. So our second point here, as I've already um, said, was we serve the Lord fully by believing Jesus is alive. Revelation 1.18 I am he that liveth and, and was dead, and behold, I am alive evermore. Amen. And I have the keys of hell and of death. Let me just read that again. Revelation 1.18. This is speaking about our God. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive evermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. And Elijah says this, As surely as the Lord of army lives, before whom I stand, I will certainly present myself to him today. You know, this statement should be our lifeline each one of us, knowing that we stand. In other words, for when he says, I stand, he means I serve. That I serve the Lord because he knows that the Lord is alive. He is in communion with God every day. And is that not going to help us physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually? That you know these things about God? That you understand these things? That when you're living your life? As Obadiah and Elijah had learned to trust the Lord, See, they're trusting the Lord in the fear of the Lord and believing that he's alive, and that helps them. So they understand that, especially Elijah, when you look at what happened, when he took him away and he fed him with the ravens and he had the widow take care of him, now he says, go present yourself to Ahab. He can do all these things because everything, every act of service in your life and my life is setting you up for your next act of service. God is strengthening you and making you, giving you ability, making you available for the next step. And sometimes, I don't know about you, but I look at my past experiences in a negative way. But God does not want us to do that. They're painful, they're hurtful, but God wants us to look at those experiences and what he's been doing in our lives and move us to the next step. And that's how you have Obadiah, who when Elijah says to him, I want you to go and tell Ahab I'm here, yes, he does explain his whole history to Elijah, saying, this is who I am. I've feared the Lord from my youth, and, and you're going to send me to my death. 
And yet, when he hears Elijah say to him, Surely, as God is alive, I will, trust me, I will present myself to Ahab today. Elijah could say that because he trusted in the Lord. And, and Obadiah then obeys him. And that's the biggest thing here, that he obeys Elijah and does it because he knows that God will take care of him. Even if he dies, he's going to be okay. Our next point here, our last point, is we serve the Lord fully by keeping his commands. Now, we did hear when Elijah meets Ahab, Ahab says to Elijah, oh, you're the troubler of Israel. There's no way that Elijah is the trouble of Israel. All the cause of Israel's problems have nothing to do with Elijah. But you have Jezebel and Ahab who are pointing the finger and saying, it's your fault. You did this. Everything that's happening to us is your fault. And Elijah says, no. Everything that's happening here, everything, the cause of everything that God is doing to discipline you is because of what you and your family has done. Listen to, to this truth in the Bible about Ahab's family. But Omri did evil in the eyes of the Lord and sinned more than all those before him. He followed completely the ways of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, committing the same sin Jeroboam had caused Israel to commit so that they aroused the anger of the Lord, the God of Israel, by their worthless idols. Ahab had abandoned the Lord's commands. This is the reason for everything that's happening, that they had, had abandoned the Lord's commands. And I had to think too. I wrote this down. This is what I wrote. Honestly, look at your life. As his servant, are you following his commands, fearing the Lord as Obadiah did in his youth? But it's easy for me to ask you that. I stand up here, I ask you those questions, but am I asking myself that question? Am I one fearing the Lord and living the way that I'm asking you to, to do it? And, and I've, I fail miserably. And you know that because I'm sure you see me and you probably, you know, you watched me um, serve and, and you could see things. And you know I'm not a perfect man. But again, I go back to the fact that God's not asking you or me to be perfect. He's asking us to rest in his perfectness, not ours. And to ask him to help us. And when we stumble and we fall, to ask him for, for forgiveness and to ask the people that we hurt for forgiveness. That's what he's asking us to do. John 15.10 says, If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. And that's God's commands. Like I just, I just said, um, somebody hurts you, going to them and, and letting them know and, and trying to make that relationship okay. If you hurt someone, going to them and saying, I'm really sorry. Making sure your life is a life that is lived where you're okay. It doesn't mean if somebody hurts you, you've got to be friends with them. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying making sure that you're doing everything you possibly can do to love other people and to, and to have a life that doesn't have um, conflicts that go on forever and ever and ever. And not an easy thing to do. Not an easy thing to do for an individual. Not an easy thing to do for a church. Not an easy thing to do for a business. Trust me, it's not an easy thing to do. Now, the last thing I... I just want to end with this. I had um, 
we ask permission from Michael and Amber, our, our missionaries, just to read an excerpt of their letter. Um, and I was just thinking about the commands of the Lord. Now, I'm, I'm reading their letter that they send out, and I believe it was Amber. She just wrote this quick sentence. I can't stop thinking about it, and, and it has impacted my life. And I'll just read it to you. And it's about following the commands of the Lord. It, it's about being in his word and, and being filled up with God. So it says lights out and gas gone. And, and the other thing is I can't believe, um, as you read this letter, all that they go through uh, as servants of the Lord. It's amazing to, to just listen to what they, they go through each and every day, loving the Lord and loving people and serving him. The last time we wrote, we thought we were done being sick for a while. Unfortunately not. We still have fight, uh, we, we, we still have been fighting various stomach bugs and lingering colds. And on Wednesday, found out that Michael has typhoid. He's on antibiotics and has his up and downs and hopes to be back to work 45 days. The government has been load shedding electricity for three to four hours daily and shutting off our gas and water to cut government spending. When the power goes out, it's 107 degrees. It's like life stops me and the girls and we lay on the tile floor expending as little energy as possible. We fill up buckets of water so that we can continue to wash dishes, flush toilets, wash hands, and all the other things water is used for. I make lunch in the morning so that we have something to eat at lunch at lunchtime when the gas goes out. Today I saw five men hauling their bedding and mattresses outside while they picked off bugs and scratched their heads profusely. At least I'm not dealing with bed bugs yet. At the same time, we have been living a normal scheduled life. Now listen, this is the point I want to get to. I have, I have women over on Monday mornings to pray and meet with ladies on Tuesday to study the word. And this little thing in parentheses she wrote, which gives me life. Which gives me life. I keep going back to it over and over. That the word of God, studying the word of God, gives us life. And Ahab and Jezebel, they were, Ahab was his representative and he just forgot all about that and he was serving Two gods. You can't do that. The word of life, to study the word which gives me life. We pray together on Monday evenings and do our fellowships on Fridays. That was a very simple letter, but I'm telling you, what an impact. And I hope and pray that you are reading the word of God, that you are following his commands that gives you life. Let's pray. Lord, I know this morning was jumbled. I know I was all over the map. Uh, but I thank you that you use weak people. I praise you for that. Um, and I love you. And I just pray that you would help us to, to, to serve you fully, Lord, by the fear of the Lord, by believing you are alive, and by following your commands. In your precious holy name, amen.